Um, welcome to Be Healthy, Be Mindful podcast. In this podcast episode, we'll be talking about mental health, sexuality, and transgender issues. I invited Jessica Lan to discuss these topics with me. Jessica was born with a male body, but has a female identity and became a female biologically in order to match her identity. This means that Jessica is a male to female transgender fully transition. Jessica is very active in the education and advocacy of transgender individuals. In her webpage, jessicaland.com, you can find information about her life, her business, and information about trans transgender issues. Jessica is a known leader in the LGBT community, having served on the board of directors of the Aqua Foundation for Women, former secretary of the board for Save Aid, former treasurer of the board for Drag It Out, and most recently appointed as the vice president of the board for the International Transgender Certification Association, ITCA. She's a pioneer in the advocacy of transgender issues and was interviewed by Larry King in 2007. This is the second time I'm interviewing Jessica in this podcast. You can ch check her other interview in the episodes list. So Jessica, Jessica, thank you very, very much for being here again. And uh, I would like to start with uh, a very simple question that people sometimes have difficult to understand the differences, right? So uh, um, they don't really understand what transgender means. So let's start with a simple question. What is gender identity? And what are the terms cisgender, transgender, and non-binary? All right. Well, thanks for having me, Anna. I'm, I'm a pleasure to be here with you today um, and Thank to you. explain to you everything that is about what we call now gender expansive. So transgender mm -hmm. is essentially the umbrella term that we came up in the early 21st century, late 20th century, uh, to refer to individuals who have been assigned one gender at birth and who have desired to transition to the gender they feel themselves to be within. Now, in the early 20th century, we used to say transsexuals, transvestites. And then in the late 70s, we had drag queens. In the 60s and 70s, we had drag queens. Um, but that was the terminology for most of the 20th century that we would use is transsexual, transvest. Transsexual being someone who, you know, was born one gender, who had surgery, and who underwent sexual reassignment surgery to become another gender. That was a term that was coined by Magnus Hirschfeld back in the, in the early, you know, 1920, 1914, 1915, so early 20th century. Um, mm -hmm. Transvestite is the term that refers to somebody who dresses in clothes of the opposite sex. They don't necessarily desire to have any surgeries to change themselves medically to another gender. Now, towards the end of the, the 20th century, we're starting to learn more about this population of individuals and more of them coming to the surface, you know, um, especially in the late 90s when it, it uh, you know, became an issue with, with a lot of violence against this community that was made public. And we used to see it more in the news. Uh, we, you might remember that movie by Hilary Swank, Boys Don't Cry, that got a mm -hmm. lot of recognition because she won an Oscar for that. Um, and it was mm -hmm. a very powerful movie. Yeah, it's a very beautiful man. movie indeed. Yeah, so transgender was a term then that came out, like I said, in the early 21st century to describe basically an umbrella of different individuals who essentially are non-binary, who who do not conform to the to the to the uh, 
gender that they were assigned at birth. So it can be went through forms of gender expression. Uh, it, can, it can come through gender identity. So it would, it's one of those things where, you know, they may or may not have surgeries, but they express themselves or they, you know, uh, live in a different gender. Cisgender being the opposite of transgender. So you are most likely a cisgender woman. That means that your brain matches what's in between your legs. So your assigned birth, uh, the gender at birth matches with what you feel about yourself the rest of your life. The majority of people in today's world would identify as cisgendered. So it's not sissy, like a sissy boy or anything. <laughs> it's cisgender. So um, so if somebody says, hey, you're cisgender, you know, don't take it the wrong way. So, But, um, you know, cisgender is exactly that, the opposite of transgender. Okay. Um, we say gender expansive now because it, it's we have different umbrella terms that, that fall um, through this. And um, we one second here. I uh, just had something happen on my computer, and so we we uh, we talk about um, this in in a way that um, we want people to understand. So you know we have gender queer. Gender queer isn't necessarily about having surgeries and that sort of thing. Gender queer is more about expression. This is how I express myself. These are the people you might see that have really long hair. Uh, wear feminine clothing and have beards. Or these could be, you know, people who identify masculine uh, wearing dresses, you know. Um, so there's many different people. So it, it's become to a point where people now self-identify uh, and they will let you know where they fall underneath this umbrella. Confusing, I know, <laughs> but <laughs> it is where we're, get, where we're getting. So, and we're seeing more and more of this coming out you know, in the media, on TV, in the news. Um, and I'm sure we're going to talk all about it throughout the rest of this podcast. But I hope that helps explain a little bit the differences between what cisgender, transgender, non-binary. To make yes. it simply, it's gender expansive. That's the term we want to start to use is gender expansive. Yes. Okay, great. Yeah. And I, uh, I want also to talk a little bit about pronouns, right? Because, for example, Demi Lovato has recently announced that she's non-binary and changed her pronouns from she, her to they, them. Indeed, I should be saying Demi Lovato has recently announced they are non-binary and changed their pronouns. Could you explain the role of pronouns in acknowledging someone's gender identity and why this is so important? Yes. So I, I know a lot of people get confused when they're using they, them pronouns. Um, so thank you for correcting yourself when you said Demi Lovato, <laughs> you know, they um, that's what they go by now. I even myself who identifies as transgender sometimes has issues with it. And there was a time many, many years ago when the they them pronouns started to become popular with usually more gender queer, you know, these people who, who don't always necessarily fit into the binary mode of male or female um, and really more along that spectrum, that gender expansiveness, uh, as so to speak. And um, really more for non-binary individuals, they use they, them. Um, and, you know, people put a lot of thought into these pronouns and how they want to be referred to as because that's an affirmation of who they are. So when you use the correct pronoun for somebody, you're affirming them in the, you know, identity that they identify as. So maybe somebody doesn't quite feel very much like she, and maybe they don't feel quite like he. So they may decide to say they, them. Or they might say she or they or he or they, and they might go interchanging between those two things. So really, when you're using those types of pronouns, you're affirming that person's 
gender identity or their their gender expression. Um, so it's very important, you know, and it's important because, I mean, think about yourself. If somebody were to misgender you and started calling you by pronouns that you don't feel comfortable being referred to as, you would feel very uncomfortable. You would feel small. And that's mm-hmm. really the, the biggest thing. Demi put a lot of thought into this pronoun. And I'm sure that Demi was dealing with a lot of inner turmoil on uh, around all this, especially being, you know, a famous celebrity um, and a big star and that, uh, you know, people, you know, may confuse those pronouns. And, you know, so it's important though, that, you know, when people do confuse pronouns and they will, um, you know, correct, course correct and apologize and move forward, never dwell on those things. And sometimes people might say they, them, oh, that's, that's not proper English. You shouldn't use they, them because that's not proper English. Well, as of 2015, it was put into the dictionary as a singular um, you know, pronoun. So you can use they, them in the singular now. So it's not necessarily plural for they, like a bunch of them. So um, you can use they, them as a, as a, it was the word of the year, as a matter of fact, uh, I think the Oxford Dictionary called it the word of the year back in 2015. So you can't say, oh, it's not proper English because it is, it is proper English now. So. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't know that was the word of the, of the year. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's, and we need to use they because in, in English, we don't have neuter pronouns, right? like in other languages, right? So. Uh, well, in the Spanish language, we're using like the the X. Um, I, I oh my goodness, I forget the the the, ter- the term we're using in Spanish. But there is a a gender neutral uh, pronoun in Spanish as well. Um, but mostly we're we're replacing that gender with with a literal X. You know, so, so X. Okay, great. Okay, and. Another question related to to movie stars and to to artists. Uh, the Oscar-nominated star of the movie Juno, previously known as Helen Page, has recently announced that he is transgender and is now Elliot Page. He said that his pronouns are now are he and they. Right. Like what I was do this pronouns earlier, mean? Yeah. Exactly. So sometimes they will probably. There was maybe a time where. Um, they were transitioning. Maybe at one point it was she and they, and then once Elliot transitioned, it became he and they because they was a pronoun that they were probably using for quite some time. So it would be proper. But you know, when it's when somebody tells you their pronouns, that means that this is important to me. Please refer to me with these pronouns. So this means that I I could uh, uh, if I was gonna talk to Elliot Page ever, right? I could. Uh, say uh, he or they and uh, uh, he would be fine with any of, of this pronouns, right? Correct. That is correct. As long as you don't call him she. Um, mm-hmm. So um, they have said that this is the pronouns that they prefer to use. Okay. <laughs> and is there is there a preference because it's he, they and not they, he. Does this the preference is on the person. So with me, I'm going to tell you my pronouns are um, she and hers. Um, mm-hmm. I would prefer you use those pronouns. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but in the case of he, they, right? Does this mean that he prefers the he, or I could ch- speak? Uh, I mean, it means one it sentence means you can use he, either. the other sentence either. Okay. It could be okay. either, and in Spanish is age in ages, ages. Okay. So. Okay. Okay. Great. And uh, uh, Paige, uh, in a recent interview with Oprah, right, uh, he's, he talked about his depression and anxiety before his transition. Uh, 
what are the mental health problems trans people may present? Just like any person, <laughs> really. I mean, a, a trans person is, is is no more different than the next person is who identifies as cisgender or heterosexual, for that matter. So, and it's important. Let me also to differentiate that. You know, when we're talking about gender identity and sexual orientation, meaning who am I attracted to, um, those are two different components. So, mm -hmm. just because one person may identify you know, with pronouns of, of he and them doesn't necessarily mean that they would be attracted to um, somebody who is she. Um, so they, they, they may be attracted to, you know, same sex. Um, and that's fine. Those are two, two different, very distinct things to, to, to really note is that, you know, sexual orientation and gender identity are two different things and they don't have to correspond with one another. So it, it does not have to necessarily align. Just because you were born with this in between your legs doesn't mean that the person you're attracted to should have the opposite. Mm -hmm. Only if you want to pre procreate, right? And now science is getting more creative with procreation and now using DNA and, and stem cells to create babies. But that's science and that's another podcast. But, you know, <laughs> uh, but, you know, it, it is it is just very interesting, you know, with that. But as far as mental health problems, it, it's it's no different, you know, so. One may may be depressed. I'll, I'll speak on my own personal experience because I, I'm not Elliot, so I cannot talk about Elliot's life. Um, and, and I'm sure Elliot probably, you know, said a lot during the Oprah interview. Interview. So maybe you know someone who really wants to see what he had to say or they had to say, um, they can watch the interview. But you know, for me, um, you know, when I was much younger, yes, I was I was depressed. Why was I depressed? Because I was not allowed to express myself in the gender I felt that I was. And I was raised in a very Hispanic, Cuban, Latin family. And it I was not allowed to express that. You know, if I did in the slightest, if I had tears in my eyes, my dad would, would take out the belt and spank me and tell me that boys are not allowed to cry. You want to cry? I'm going to make you cry. I'm going to take out the belt. You know, and that was, that was you know, the stereotypes that I grew up with, you know, the machismo, you know, that the, the boys have to act a certain way and the girls have to act a certain way. And so, of course, you know, struggling internally with this idea that I think I'm a girl, I feel like I should have been born a girl, and everything on the exterior telling me that, no, you're not, no, you're not, and the world's telling me something different. You know, this is the wonderful thing about today's world is because now we're educating that I can sit here and talk with you about something like this was not something you can do in the 1960s and 70s or 80s even, you know, not even in the 1990s. It wasn't really until about maybe five to 10 years ago that we really started to talk about these things, like really talk and talk about it in a way with, with compassion and, and sympathy and with trying to understand um, and with some empathy as well. Um, and, and it's, it's just, it's really fascinating to see. So, you know, yes, I struggled with depression. I'm, I'm sure very much like Elliot did because especially Elliot who was famous for playing a pregnant girl in a movie, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and so, Imagine a man, how they might feel, you know, how, how much more uh, womanly or female is it but to, to have a, a child, to carry a child, you know, and, and for some trans men, that's, that's, very, that's very traumatic for some, some of them. You know, imagine your body's betraying you, you know, you, you don't want to have a, a menstrual cycle. You know, you feel like you're a boy. Boys don't have menstrual cycles, you know, and your body's betraying you, especially during puberty. So this brings about depression, of course. And for some, that depression goes so deep that they might decide to kill themselves. Um, and and it, it really contributes to, 
to poor self-esteem for that individual, looking for acceptance. That's something that any person on this planet is looking for. I don't care where you were born in the world. If you're human and you were you live in this world, at some point in time, you want to belong to something. You, you want to figure out who you are. The question of who am I, that is so, so deep. Um, and and who am I? mean, if you were raised by by a by a wolf, if you were Mowgli from the Jungle Book and raised by wolves, at some point you're going to be like, "Am I a wolf? Well, I'm not hairy like a wolf. I don't have you know sharp teeth like a wolf. I don't have fly, I don't have ears like a wolf. You know what? Wh- who am I? Well, how do I fit into this this family here? How do I fit into this world? What's my place? And then you see somebody who might be similar to you. You know, oh, is that a, that? That's what they call a man cub, right? So then, and, uh, going back to the Jungle Book references, but you know, it's exactly that. Just finding that place. And so, imagine being somebody who's transgender. Now, imagine being transgender in a time where there was no internet or no information about this. I remember growing up in the 1980s. I I did not. I had I learned the term transsexual and transvestite because I saw it on a Merv Griffin show on TV. Imagine if I didn't even have the TV, I wouldn't even know. You know, and uh, and then I went to the public library. There was three books in the entire public library library about this topic. And those books were never, never on the shelf. They were never on the shelf, which meant to me, oh, somebody is transgender. Maybe that's why they got that book. So I used to camp out waiting to see who would return those books at the public library. But, you know, it's a better life that we live in now because this there's more education around this. There's more understanding around it. Um, and, but, you know, we struggle each trans individual struggle with the same thing. I, I struggled also through, through the loss of my marriage and, and struggled, uh, fighting for custody of my children, you know, because I want us to still be a part of their lives in a significant way. Um, and so a lot of the same problems that any human in this world would face in their lives, imagine that. And then it is amplified on top of how society may uh, treat that individual, based on who raised them, what part of the world they live in, and what's accepted by their society in that moment in time. So you hide all those feelings, and that that, that brings about mental health problems, of course. So, you know, so to limit it to just the one thing, people used to say it's a mental health problem that you're transgender. No, it, it has nothing to do with that. You know, and, and as a matter of fact, the DSM is, is, is looking to change that now in, in the next... Uh, in the next um, edition, but it, it is it is something that that uh, you know we use the term gender dysphoria or gender dysphoric to describe somebody who has a dysphoria around their gender so much so that they desire to have surgeries to to change that. Um, and not all people who I identify under this gender expansive umbrellas, like I mentioned earlier, want to have surgeries. Not everybody. Not all of them want to have hormones either. Some of them are fine just taking hormones and not having surgeries. Some of them want surgeries and, you know, and can't take hormones because their bodies reject it, you know, or they have some sort of, you know, a condition in, in their endocrine system that doesn't allow them to respond to the hormones. There's many different reasons. There's many different things, you know, um, that, that are evident around all these things. And this is why you need a team of professionals to work with this, with this individual to work with them. So. You know, I, mm-hmm. hope, I hope that helps to answer your question in a very roundabout way. But, you know, it's very simple to just say, oh, what are the mental health problems trans people present? Because, you know, they may not have a, a mental health problem. I, I didn't necessarily feel I mean, yes, I struggled with depression, but I was not clinically depressed. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so I don't necessarily f- I didn't necessarily feel I had these mental health problems 
Um, I was just living in a body that I didn't feel comfortable with. And that was hard for me to express it to the rest of the world during the time that an, an era that I lived in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, because when we check the statistics, right, uh, in terms of uh, uh, suicide, right, uh, uh, the statistics of transgender uh, uh, individuals is is quite alarming, right? Yes, I, I've been uh, teaching these classes for many, many, for decades already. Let me tell you already, it's been decades because it's since the end of the 1990s, I've been looking up these statistics. The statistics was that uh, roughly 50% of trans youth will commit suicide before the age of 21. That yeah. statistic, however, has gotten better, but it's still, it, it was 47% at one point. It's probably about 42 right now. And again, these statistics are only based on the people that we know, because whenever we talk about statistics, it's really, you know, that number is always going to be higher than what you're finding, because to be a statistic means you have to be willing to stand up and be counted. A lot of people who identify under this gender expansive umbrella does not want to stand up and be counted in some areas because maybe, you know, it could cost them their lives. It can, you know, cost them their jobs, their families, you know, it, you know, or they, or they committed suicide and we don't know any better. We don't know these people. So, you know, so the statistic was 50% and it hasn't really changed. That means that one out of every two people who identify as transgender, or like I mentioned earlier, gender expansive may consider taking their lives. And that is to me the highest statistic in any group. And I, and, and it's unacceptable. And the reason why we have such high statistics of of, of suicide um, in this community in this community is because of the discrimination um, and and the and the treatment that they get from from society. You know, it's it's shameful to think that in ancient days um, these people people like myself were celebrated for being different. You know. And, and if you ask me what the, the definition of normal is, my definition of normal is that we're all different. Mm-hmm. And that is scientifically proven because if I were to clone you, I would not create another you. I would create somebody else that might look like you, but it's not you. That makes you unique. That makes you different. That makes you special. And so that's the same for any, any person. So, you know, to me, to look at somebody to be normal, right? Normal is like, oh, like everybody else. Well, nobody is like everybody else. We're all different. So, you know, these things are, are things we need to, to consider to support this community because they, they need that, that apoyo. They need that, that, that support. They need, you know, the people to, to, to stand by them. You know, there's laws right now that, that, are, that are coming out that are trying to, to put these people down and, and, and keep them from getting the, the, you know, medical services that they need, you know, that yeah. they deserve to have, like any other person would deserve to have. Yeah. And I want to talk about this. And you mentioned something very important because uh, you mentioned that, I mean, although these statistics are still super high, right? Uh, I think that one difference now is that there is more education, right? Absolutely. I mean, uh, kids and learn there's more school. And there's more peer support. And that's mm-hmm. the that's the key there is that there's yeah. more peer support. There's more people. Let me tell you that when Caitlyn Jenner, I always say AC and BC, right? <laughs> AC is after Caitlyn and BC is before Caitlyn. <laughs> say what you say about this this woman who used to be Bruce Jenner. Um, she may not be popular right now with the transgender community. Uh, you may like her, you may hate her. There's you know, but say what you might want to say. But when Caitlyn Jenner came out. 
those many years ago, that was a pivotal moment in our pop culture uh, that brought this idea of someone, you know, who was born with assigned one gender at birth who, you know, has, has, you know, expressed to live in the other gender and be accepted in that gender. That, that was, that was mighty powerful. You know, here was this weird Bruce Jenner guy from the Kardashian show that came out and, you know, and it was powerful because at the time people saw this and it created a dialogue. It created people to talk about it, good or bad. People were talking about it. And this is where the education come. So if you if you want to talk about it, then get better educated about it so that you can actually talk about it. You know, you don't want to sound like like somebody who, who, who's ignorant, you know. Um, but even at school right now, I mean, uh, children, uh, teenagers, right, they have uh, they have they are much more information and they are much more educated about these issues. Right. They're getting better educated. Well, they don't have curriculum in schools uh, talking about these sort of things. That being said, what we're seeing more in like the middle school and the high school kids, you know, is the uh, not so much an educational piece, but support groups. So there are mm -hmm. what we call gay straight alliances, GSAs in schools mm -hmm. where, you know, kids support one another in their choices on how they wish to express themselves um, or to be referred to as. So, you know, the common thing for us to, if I were to see you and I, I approach you, I'd be like, hi, how are you? And the first thing you're going to say to me is what? Fine. How are you? You know, mm -hmm. even if your life was in, in disaster, you, you know, you're, I'm not going to say, hi, how are you? Oh, you know, more or less, I'm doing pretty bad. You know, last night my husband was out <laughs> drinking and I woke up with this headache today. No, that's not how we, that's not the call and response. What's interesting to me is that these younger kids, the call and response is, hi, I'm Jessica. I use she, her pronouns. And how are you? You know, and so it, it brings that to the front. And it's so interesting to hear the kids use that language now. Um, and so this is why we're hearing more people pay more attention to these pronouns. Um, and they, them has become very popular in these last five years. And which is why it became, you know, part of our dictionary now. Um, mm -hmm. But of course, there's still that population of individuals who will attack them, who will still discriminate against them. There are really no laws out there protecting uh, this individual. There are laws that that have started to protect them. So some laws were 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 created and and approved through Congress, and then we had an administration who came in and and reversed a lot of those laws. And it was a very mm -hmm. traumatic time for the trans community during that time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I don't like to speak ill of, of our leaders. Um, but, you know, certainly there was a time that, that, you know, the transgender people felt very, very discriminated against and, and very worried. And I, I remember Just that. I, I'm, I lost you. Oh, you, can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay. You're back. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. So, I mean, although, uh, as you note, right, although there is more information now, right, there's still lots of prejudice. There's still lots of, uh, I think that prejudice is one of the things that m most contributes to the mental health problems, right? So yeah. uh, um, I would like to talk a little bit about laws, right? Because this year, the transgender community has been in the spotlights for, for the wrong reasons, right? So uh, for example, now there are 31 states 
that have recently introduced bills that ban transgender athletes from participating in sports consistent with their gender identities. Mm -hmm. And in eight states, these bills were signed into law. These states are Arkansas, Alabama, Tennessee, Mississippi, Montana, West Virginia, and since June 1st, Florida. The Florida governor signed the bill into law the first day of Pride Month. I see several people agreeing with these laws. People say that a trans girl or a trans woman is physically a boy, man. They're stronger than girls and women, and this gives them an advantage when competing with girls and women in sports. What do you think about this argument? And what is the impact of these bills on I mean, it's youth? a huge impact, of course. So when you're talking about a young person, you're looking at bodies that are very similar to one another, both physically and, and even mentally in some cases. But, you know, physically, you know, a boy and a girl are pretty much the same, um, you know, with the difference of, of, you know, a body part that's in between their legs. So that doesn't start to change until after puberty. So if we were talking about an adult, you know, we might be talking about something different. But I can talk from my personal experience. I used to be a very athletic person. Um, I used to, you know, run marathons and I, I, I would, for me as a boy, I can jump up on a pull-up bar and do, you know, 30, 40 pull-ups with no problem. I mean, I was, I was a very physically fit person and, um, you know, and, and I would do push-ups, you know, without a problem, you know, so that to me, you know, yeah, as a boy, I was, I was very great. What was interesting to me is when I started taking hormones and after being, you know, years on hormones and, and, and going from one gender right then to another. Now I was still fit. I was never overweight. I was not somebody who didn't go to the gym to work out. But you know, it, it was interesting to me is that I realized, you know, thinking in a boy brain, okay, let's, you know, thinking and remembering how when I was a boy, I'd jump up on a, on a, a, a pull-up bar and just pull myself up and do chin-ups. As a woman, many, many years later, I looked at a pull-up bar at my son's school and I was like, you know, I'm going to jump up there and, and show my son that I can still do this. You know, even as a woman, you know, here I am transition. And wouldn't you know it that I could not pull myself up over the bar. <laughs> it was just mind boggling to me because my brain was like, I used to be a boy. I can do this. But my body was saying, no, you can't do this anymore. You know, because the muscle mass changes with the hormonal with the hormones, you know, we go under what, what's called HRT, hormone replacement therapy. So the body physically and chemically changes at that point. So when we're talking about children, it's ridiculous to say that, oh, this little boy is going to be faster than that girl. On the contrary, some girls are much faster than the boys. I see it all the time. You know, mm -hmm. the argument is, is stupid um, because it's just a way of trying to put down these individuals. Years ago, they were talking about the bathroom. You know, and the, mm -hmm. and we still talk about the bathroom. Oh, mm -hmm. you know, and and it's always about seeing a man going into a women's bathroom. Mm -hmm. I ask you to to think about the reverse. So if you say, okay, so let you need to go into the bathroom that your birth certificate says the gender that you are. Okay, so then you're going to have a trans man who has been on hormones, who has a beard, walk into the women's bathroom because they still have you know a, a woman's body part in between their legs. Mm -hmm. You know, and so that idea of of you don't want a man in the women's restroom is moot because you're going to have men walk into the restroom. And the bottom line is, though, is that people who are sexual deviants, whether there's a law or not, they're going to look for a way to be deviant. And, and that's unfortunate. 
but it's a reality. It is what it is. And unfortunately, you know, the people who, you know, identify under this, this gender expansive umbrella gets the short end of the stick. They get put into this, this category of deviance when most of them, you know, are very law abiding citizens who, who care and who have compassion for others. So, um, you know, as far as the laws that are passing, it's, it's, it's all very, you know, it's politics. You know, I, I hate to say that and I hate to get into politics and talk about, you know, governors and presidents and politicians, but it's really what it is. And it's about an agenda that is trying to be put out there to push their agenda. Um, but to say that, you know, a, you know, a trans girl has an advantage competing with other girls, maybe if they had gone through puberty, but in most of these cases, they are on puberty blockers. Um, and they're really at more of a disadvantage at that point, you know, because they, they are they are, are basically on hold with with hormonal development. And if they have started a regimen of of, you know, hormone replacement therapy, then like I mentioned to you earlier, that scene of me jumping up on a pull up bar, the body changes because of those. Mm -hmm. Think about you when you were growing up, what hormones did for you during puberty. This is what it's doing for the trans person in reverse. So um, it, it is it is very it is it is sad to see that we're attacking the trans youth. And yes, it impacts those kids tremendously, because imagine you being told you cannot play with this group of people because of who you are. You know, the last yeah, because, thing, you know, if we thought about race, you know, you, uh, how, you know, there was a time that if you were a certain color skin, you couldn't do certain things. How horrible to think this is what's happening to the trans trans kids. Exactly. When uh, I mean, when sports is so important uh, uh, for teenagers in general, right? And then you're getting this group and say, "No, no, you cannot play because you're different," right? right. <laughs> and 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 you mentioned the the, the 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 laws about bathroom, right? And I think that it's a, a huge misunderstanding, right? Because if you think that oh, if this person is a boy and is entering boy right by birth and entering the female's bathroom they want to rape or they want to do something to my to my girl when at the end of the day this the idea is that this person does not feel like a boy that's why <laughs> this person is a transgender right so it's uh it's it's you miss the point completely yeah right and, and about <coughs> still about laws <laughs> nowadays I mean, uh, now we have 26 states that have introduced bills that prohibit the administration of gender-affirming therapy to minors. 26. So one bill recently introduced in Alabama would make it a felony for medical providers to provide transition-related care to transgender minors. Nevertheless, when you look at the research, the data does not support this type of bills. There is growing body of there is a growing body of research that supports access to gender affirming care in adolescence. A 2020 study by the American Academy of Pediatrics found that access to pubertal suppression treatment was associated with lower suicidal thoughts mm -hmm. among transgender ad adults. So what is the impact of these bills to transgender youth? 
Well, you just said it there. <laughs> the impact is, is that you will start to get more suicidal ideation from these kids who are not getting the treatment that they need, you know? Um, it's, it's, again, these laws are being introduced um, with an agenda, you know, with, with, a, with a very, you know, uh, I say nefarious agenda, you know, um, but it's all about politics, really. And, and they are, you know, introducing these laws that are, that are harming uh, young kids, you know, and, and these kids, I mean, imagine if somebody told you, you cannot be who you are. You're, that's a lie. You're telling me a lie. You you can't be that. You know what? How would you start to feel? How would you feel about yourself? Your self esteem would drop to a mm -hmm. point sometimes that those so suicidal ideas. So why should I be even alive? I don't deserve to be in this world. Nobody's gonna love me. Nobody's gonna let me be who I am. You know. And so yes, the impact of these bills are are really, you know, troubling. I I cannot tell you. <laughs> Back when when our last president was 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 voted into office and the and the and the agenda that he came in, the first thing that that president that that president did was was remove uh, uh, the protections against trans kids from using the bathrooms, you know, that they mm -hmm. feel comfortable working. So imagine if you were somebody who was transgender and somebody coming into office who was not going to support you, how you felt. And I can't tell you how many youth, because I work with a lot of kids would reach out to me, Jessica, what am I going to do? Like, I don't know what to do about this. I, you know, and, and the suicidal ideation was out there. Now, the great thing is also is that there are people like myself who will stand up and say, this is not right. And we'll, and, and, you know, so you had mentioned earlier about the law in Florida. Well, that didn't pass because there were people here who, who stood up against it. So, and they found it uh, unconstitutional for, for this person. There are, there is a, a federal law now that, that passed, um, back in uh, uh, June, uh, that the Supreme Court uh, gave a major victory, uh, basically saying that you cannot discriminate get based a, a, uh, on uh, gender identity or, or sexual orientation. You know, it added all these these things under the Human Rights Ordinance. Um, yeah. And this was related to my last question, right? Uh, the Equality Act. Can you talk a little bit about it? Well, you know, it, it's simple and it's been around forever. It's been around, you know, since since the 1960s. Um, and this was really born out of, out of the women's movement, you know, mm -hmm. uh, from 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 women saying that we deserve the rights as as any other you know, person. And, and it was it was born out of out of all of all, out of that. You know, I mean, can you think that that only 100 years, ago, you know, less than 100 years ago, women didn't have rights like men did? That's mm -hmm. it, crazy. You know, mm -hmm. to, to think, you know, a, a woman can go get a job just like any other man and do just as good a job as anybody else. You know, mm -hmm. and now, you know, this is the next civil rights movement here for the people who identify as transgender. This the civil rights movement for the gay community started in the 1960s and 70s with Stonewall. And this is where we started to see this. So the Equality Act really, you know, started to, to rev up in the 1970s because of all of this. You know, so we were looking to, to do that. Transgender sort of got lost during that time. Now mm -hmm. is when we're starting to say, okay, you know, we need to address this. And so it's, it's more than just sexual orientation or, 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 you know, gender identity. It's also about gender expression. You know, it's mm -hmm. how you express your gender to, to the world. So, you know, it did pass under the house of representative and it's sitting right now um, in the Senate, but the Senate. of course the Senate is very busy and it's not something that is of priority. So it's still sitting there. And nothing's happened, but um, the Supreme Court did 
um, and on June 15th, uh, gave a victory to LGBTQ plus employees, you know, so in, in that decision, uh, what, what they, they did, they, they, um, you know, many states don't have legal protection for, for LGBTQ plus employees, uh, but the federal law now protects them in those states. So now there's, but laws are only as good as you can enforce them. Uh, essentially. And so, you know, will a transgender person decide to take their employer to court to fight for their jobs? You know, it really depends on the self-esteem of this person. It really depends on the represent representation they can. Listen, most trans people have a hard time finding work because they, you know, it's hard to, in some states, to prove that they got discriminated against in the first place. It's like a woman applying for a job somewhere, you know, and they hired a man instead. It's, mm -hmm. it's, you know, one of those things. And are you going to go to court to fight for that? You know, and so that's, this is where we are. The good thing is that there are more people standing up and saying, you know, this is not right and standing up and, and fighting against these laws. And we need more people like that to really, you know, go out there and do this for, for our community. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's important that we stand up, you know, for, for this underrepresented uh, community. in non discrimination right what else do you think i'm sorry anna you were breaking up on me i, I didn't hear uh, okay i'm sorry uh, uh so the equality act is you know uh, extremely important uh in terms of non discrimination right what else sure. do you think that we need besides the equality act I will tell you that I am so pleased to see right now so much representation on TV. There, I cannot turn on the TV and watch a program that doesn't have somebody who is gender nonconforming. You know, so mm -hmm. that I, I'm, I'm proud of the fact that the representation we're starting to get that we didn't have uh, before. And with more representation that we have in pop culture, you know, more people become educated around these sort of things and want to you know, be compassionate to these individuals, people like Laverne Cox, people like Elliot Page. Um, you know, these are all people, Demi Lovato, who brought it to the front. These are all very important people in our pop culture to say, look, gender identity is important. You know, who you identify is important because like I said earlier, that question of who am I, when you say, Anna, this is who I am, who am I to question that? Mm -hmm. Why do I want to question that? Because that's you. That's who you are. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference, right? So, you know, when somebody says who they are, believe them because they're telling you. So, you know, um, it's really important to honor these individuals through through our laws, through our states, through how we treat them, how we, we talk to them. And when they say, these are my pronouns, to honor those pronouns, and, and if, if, if you, you know, make a mistake, you apologize, you do better, you know, we're, we are, there's so much going on right now around race. And, mm -hmm. and that, that is to me such an amazing and incredible thing um, to see happening. Um, but it, it, it needs to be deeper because we have been set with these certain rules and these certain ideas of people and so we have become such so judgmental. So just because somebody identifies or looks a certain way doesn't make them a certain way. And so it's very important to break through those stereotypes because those stereotypes, ultimately, they do hurt and they do, you know, discriminate. And that's what we need to fight against.
Yes, yes. Yes, Jessica, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very, very much for this wonderful interview. It's so important that people understand not only about the discrimination, but they understand better what what is, uh, as, you, as you mentioned before, right, uh, uh, this gender expensive, right? Because people sometimes they just don't understand and, and education might help people to have less prejudice, right? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, yeah. So the, thank the more you know, the more we learn. So, exactly, yes. exactly. And, and honestly, you, don't, you really don't know unless you're put in that situation. Um, so it's, it's, and it's hard to, I, to identify with somebody. You know, I always challenge, you know, people to think if tomorrow you woke up and the body part you had on your on your body the night before was different. Does that change who you are? Does that change what you feel about others? Ultimately, mm -hmm. you look at this body part and say, okay, well, that's weird. That's strange. But it doesn't change who you are. You know who you are regardless of what your body says. So, you know, mm -hmm. emp the empathy is mm -hmm. the greatest thing I, can, I, I, I would hope that uh, people have. Uh, I think that I'm losing you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you very, very much, Jessica. Thank you. And uh, my pleasure. Have a beautiful night. Bye bye. You too. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye.